Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and 5x5 Podcast Networks. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. fans are you guys ready for some basketball media day is less than one week away preseason less than 10 days away and we've got some breaking news to talk about it it feels like we're back so let's go ahead and get started by introducing the usual suspects first up mr editor-in-chief to the birdrights.com uh and also not a lot of people know this but he's also the son of popular sports announcer howard cosell ali cosell how you doing sir i'm doing good preston i just got done making some gumbo gumbo even though i had to kind of rush it at the end Cause you cracking this whip out here, man. <laughs> uh, the wife wants to go to dinner. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell and Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary. Talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Tonight, and we're going out of town for almost a week, so there is no food in the house, and she's, I hope I can, I hope she can't hear me, but she's cranky right now because she's getting prepped for a half marathon, and it's not going very well, but she's <laughs> going to be great. But anyway, we're also joined by the Prince of the Portacol and the proud owner of a new home, Mr. Kevin Berrios. Dude, congratulations. How does it look? It looks great. Um, it's still empty right now because I'm doing a bunch of furniture shopping, uh, getting all new stuff sent over. So um, hopefully I'll be living in it uh, by the middle of next week with enough furniture to survive on for the moment. Waiting for some stuff to fall off the back of a truck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the New Orleans way. Finally, you just heard him, Mr. David Gubb of Crescent City Sports. I know you've got a surgery coming up. You must be super bummed. The media scrimmage is probably not happening. How are you feeling, man? Well, I'm going to find out tomorrow if I'm going to have surgery for sure. But yeah, if I, you know, I, I'm, I was really looking forward to the media game. So I'm hoping that we can be conservative and keep doing some rehab. Oh, I think no. we, I think I we lost you. Girl. up and down the court. Okay, there we go. Uh, check your connection for us, Grub. We're going to go on, and uh, we'll we'll circle back to that in a second. I'm your host and contributor to thebirdrights.com, Preston Ellis. And before we get started, just a reminder for you guys that our podcast is now on Spreaker. We are no longer on Blog Talk, so if you were subscribed on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, our iHeartRadio, none of that stuff's going to change. But if you do download directly from Blog Talk, well, then you probably aren't even hearing this, so I guess it doesn't even matter. But take note for those of you who are. Now, I know this is where we're uh, going to go with all this, so let's go ahead and start with Kevin while uh, Grub figures out his mic situation. 
Kevin, Jimmy Butler has the league in a tizzy right now as he has demanded a trade per Adrian Wojnarowski. We're getting updates all the time. Adrian just dropped this nugget about five minutes ago that he prefers the Los Angeles Clippers above all other destinations, but he did also drop um, the Knicks, the Nets, as well as the Miami Heat came out a bit later. This all after refuting a report in hilarious fashion that he met with Coach Tom Thibodeau yesterday. He actually met with him today. And uh, reports suggest that he's going to end up at one of these four locations. Kevin, there are no teams from New Orleans on this list. And yet, a Nico, Etuan, Moore, Bulls, slash reunion, plus a first-round pick in Minnesota in exchange for maybe Jimmy B and Tyus Jones. It makes a lot of sense. Why do you do this if you're the Pelicans? Uh, this whole situation is so interesting. There's so many different aspects to pick apart. Um, but for one thing, first off, you know, you would like to have some guarantee that Jimmy Butler would want to stay long term before you make the move, although you don't necessarily need it. Um, you, but you look at, you know, what he's looking at at L.A. is, I guess, endorsements because he's going to get the same money anyway, anywhere. And then you also they have a, a slot open for another max player. However, if you go to New Orleans, you already have Anthony Davis there. You already have Drew Holiday there. You already have uh, Julius Randle there. So those are guaranteed incredible players to be there that would inform an incredible defense. Um, so I think there's ways that you could sway him to be more interested in that because right now he's betting on an unknown of an open roster spot for the Clippers to be able to add somebody that he wants to play with. Um, now, if you're the Pelicans, I see it both ways. Like, I'm fine either way. I'm sure Dell is exploring it regardless because you would be dumb not to at least see what kind of feelers you could put out there to see if uh, there is some action there. But, uh, you know, that, that move would seem to make sense for both sides a little bit because, you know, obviously Butler would finally be that small forward that we have, have had since Jamal Mashburn. Um, he would help... Uh, Further, this defensive improvement that we've seen last year, he would be able to play at the pace that we play at. Um, and then you look at the Pelicans next offseason, they're likely to lose one of Miritich or Randall just because of the way the contract situations are. So giving up on one now to get a player and have his bird rights uh, makes sense that way. Um, and then for Tom Thibodeau, he's surely not looking to rebuild there. He's not looking for younger players that cat about to um, have a um, contract extension. He's got Wiggins signed to that contract extension. He's surrounded him with veteran players. So he's not necessarily looking for one of those sort of typical hauls we see on a on a trade for a superstar where you get a bunch of young players back in draft picks. We would be able to send him Miritich, who is an excellent player, Moore, who's a solid role player, who he's both both has experience with. We joke about, you know, every time a former Bulls player um, gets released or is on the trade block, we joke that he, they're going to go to Minnesota because Tibbs keeps collecting him. And it, it's a joke, but it's reality because we just saw Lou Deng go there, you know. And so there is this affinity for for what he knows already. And we have two of the best players from the Bulls era that he had that that are that could be available. Plus, you know, you throw in a pick or two to make that work. So I see it working for both sides. Um, but, you know, it just depends on how much Dell wants to rock the boat, how much he wants to gamble on being able to retain Jimmy Butler. Although, like I said, you're still looking at, you still have to try to retain Miritich and Randall. Um, so that's 
still that gamble going next year. It's just swapping out gambles where you're gambling for a true superstar or a borderline superstar retaining them. So I'd be happy with either way. You know, I love Miritich. I love uh, more, but I also would love to see Jimmy Butler in New Orleans. So, um, you know, whatever works out, it's cool. We have a great team now. We could have one of the best defensive teams in a long time should we acquire Jimmy Butler. Awesome. All right, let's go over to Grub. Uh, I proposed an additional trade swapping Solo and his two years at $25 million in exchange for Gorgie Deng and his three years at $45 million just to sweeten the pot a bit. I don't know if Etuan Moore and Nikola Meritich in a late first is enough to get it done. David, is that too rich for you? Yeah, um, I think especially with the investments that they've made in the front court, bringing in a Jaleel Okafor, um, of course, having AD and then wanting to keep Randall, um, dang, at his price point, um, just becomes, I think, you know, a luxury you don't need, um, especially when you have other areas where you'd like to get better. Um, so I just think, yeah, the cost and then his impact on this team, the way the roster has been constructed now, uh, just makes him uh, just something that's uh, a player that's a little bit less attractive now. Um, I think with Butler, when you go back to him, you know, I'm like Kevin. Um, I think that there are some real pros and cons to having him either way. You know, obviously he is a plus defender, an extremely competitive guy, um, and he solves that small forward problem. Um, You know, but those issues are uh, leadership. You know, he's had some problems the last, you know, couple of seasons in Minnesota, uh, you know, obviously getting along with Wiggins and and Carl Anthony Towns. And then you take it back to Chicago and those issues that – uh, he, Dwayne Wade, and Rajon Rondo had to work out. So you wonder what kind of locker room presence he brings uh, to the table. And then, of course, there's his minutes. I mean, since, you know, over the last four years, nobody's played more minutes per game than um, than he has. He's averaging something like 37 minutes a game. And um, he's only played in 267 games during that time. Uh, so he's played 60 fewer games than Andrew Wiggins, who's the leader in um, total minutes during that stretch, but he has, you know, only 200 fewer minutes. So it's, I mean, 2000 fewer minutes. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's really a lot of wear and tear on a guy who's going to be 29. Um, So you're hoping that he can maintain health. He did get hurt last year in Minnesota. So, you know, there is, there is risk um, involved in bringing him on. So I'm, I'm kind of going both ways on this, but I do think the call needs to be made. You take a shot. Whenever there's high uh, quality talent on, uh, available, and you know, last year nobody would have expected Paul George to end up in Oklahoma City or Carmelo to end up in Oklahoma City, for that matter. So I mean, you know, players end up in places you don't expect all the time. So you know, I don't see a problem with Dell taking a shot if that's it, what he wants to do, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. All right, rounding out our triumvirate, Ali kind of sprinting uh, down the ramp like Stone Cold Steve Austin with a beer in hand, uh, kind of like at Royal Rumble, or I, I guess that's what they call it in the WWE. I know for a fact, Ali, that you are not interested in this trade taking place. Go ahead and explain why the Pelicans are better off without Jimmy B. I've got a lot of reasons. I'm glad you introduced me like that because I'm going to lead that charge, Preston. We don't need Jimmy Butler in New Orleans. David Ray alluded to his question of uh, durability. And he's right. Over his six last six seasons, he's only surpassed 80 games once, 70 games twice. And then when you look at his body of work, he's sure he's a good all-around um, player. But you've got to think he's now on the other side of his prime. He just turned 29 earlier this month. 
He's kind of now missing more games every year. And more importantly, I don't think he's the right fit. When you look at what the Pelicans already have, Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis, both aren't very good long perimeter shooters. Neither is Jimmy Butler, guys. This guy doesn't want to shoot the three. He's never really shot more than about three times uh, a game from that range. So he doesn't like to shoot, and the percentages don't lie. He's just not a good shooter, so he shouldn't take those shots. But another thing that worries about me is uh, the fact that he's kind of a ball stopper. He's got nice assist numbers, but you know how he gets them? Because he's handling the ball a lot. And you know what? If he comes to New Orleans, he's going to take the ball out of Drew's hands. He's going to take the ball out of AD's hands. We saw what happened up in Minnesota last year. Andrew Wiggins and Cat both suffered, uh, you know, took a step back in the offense. So that's, you know, when, when you look at the overall package of that, combined with everything you guys have been talking about, what we would have to give up to get him, I'm just not interested. When you've got Nikola Miritich, who seemed to just fit right in, and yes, he might be a luxury just simply because you've got Randall and you've got AD, but when you're looking at just strictly through uh, positions, that may be, uh, by all appearances, the, the fact. But you know what? Look at the fit. This guy is the Pelicans, I think, best three-point shooter because he's got kind of that bravado, kind of that no fear. I'm going to launch him whether I'm struggling or not. As for we both know, each one more, Darius Miller shoot for a higher percentage. They don't seem as willing to take the big shot. You can't really trust them um, to do what basically Miritich could do. So I think Miritich fills a very vital role for the Pelicans. You need to have that uh, outside shooter that Drew and AD can turn to at any time. And, of course, Nikola doesn't need the ball in his hands, guys. He's a great cutter. He loves to move the ball. He moves well without the ball. Uh, And then, of course, I love Randall. So we haven't seen the experiment work yet, so you can't get too excited about it. But yet – we saw how the pieces uh, did fit last year when Cousins went out, Meritage came over, and they may do with Rondo, which we saw habitually was still kind of a negative at times. If he wasn't running the Pelicans on these fast breaks, getting all these easy buckets, he was still a negative in my mind because he was getting beaten badly defensively more times than not. And uh, teams dared him an awful lot to shoot that three ball, which came to bite us kind of in the Golden State Warriors playoff series. So, Pelicans still play with their hands kind of tied behind their back last season, but yet look how well they did. So I just think when you look at the overall thing, overall package, and combined with everything we've just mentioned, the fact that Jimmy Butler is leaning towards L.A., the fact that all his preferences do not include New Orleans, there's no reason to go over there, no reason to go sniff underneath that rock. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, we're just uh, we're wasting a bit of time here because there there are great packages to be had in Los Angeles. I know there was a, a bit of dispute about that on Twitter. But if you package somebody like Avery Bradley and Lewis Williamson, a couple of first round picks or even throw in guys like Shea Gillis, Alexander, Jerome Robinson, the 11th and 13th overall pick. And they've got some other young assets that they could throw towards these guys. They don't have a lot of picks. Uh, I just mentioned that they had first round picks, but they do have uh Shea and Jerome, as I just mentioned. Also, Miami would also be probably a better candidate to get them out of the conference. Some combination of Josh Richardson, Dion Waiters, um, and and possibly even Goran Dragic straight up uh, for Jeff Teague. You never know how they could work these things out, uh, maybe throwing in what's it, James Johnson over there and trying to match up salaries. Anyway, uh, we're wasting our time with this. We'll we'll dive deeper into it if it ever becomes uh, a logistical probability. We did have a question from Friendly Neighborhood Sabi Boy uh, at Al Say. Thank you so much. He said, is Jimmy B worth losing Nico? I mean, we'll virtually have no spacing. Do you guys think Dell picks up the phone at all? Now, that's something that Ali just answered. So let's move right along. Thank you so much for your question, sir. 
Now, 11th year veteran and soon to be 36 year old Emeka Okafor was waived by the Pelicans today. This kind of broke my heart because I was such a super fan of him and what he did last year. He took a four year hiatus due to injuries. Then he excelled in a very limited role last season, but he did start 19 of 26 games, 14 minutes per contest before sitting for the life of the playoffs. Ali, let's go back and start with you, and then we'll go our way back down to David and Kevin. Do you think there's a chance that we'll see Okafor at some point during the regular season come back to the Pelicans? God, I hope not, because that means that there's a lot of Pelicans hurt. No, I don't I don't think so, Preston. Um, I know that it would financially make more sense simply signing him back for just a one-year deal, whereby his hit on the cap, salary cap would be about 1.5 instead of what he was supposed to be paid this season, about 2.4 and some change. So that that's one positive. And of course, we've saw what he can do. He can set some screens. He can defend the rim. He provides that energy. He's, he's just a good locker room guy. But again, you hope you don't need that this season. Uh, as we just saw in Kushner's piece earlier today about how both the expectations and the reality is Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis should be ready to provide that leadership the team needs. And of course, we just uh, are going to give Jared Jack a chance, who is going to provide kind of maybe that floor general leadership that we're trying to fill with, you know, Rondo exiting stage left to uh, L.A. So. No, Preston, I just don't see there's going to be any reason for Okafor, especially when you just factor in Jaleel Okafor. Looks like he's primed for some kind of bounce-back campaign. Now, whether he can provide something that we're all dreaming of or just be kind of just that more likely solid offensive contributor, either way, there's just I don't see any minutes. There's not going to be any reason to bring back a Mecca. All right, let's dive into a comment that Ali just made, Kevin, uh, about Jaleel Okafor. This almost certainly locks up his position with that 15-man roster spot with the New Orleans Pelicans. Do you think this all but guarantees we're going to see him on the Pelicans' 15-man squad on opening night? Yeah, I mean, I think once they traded for him, it pretty much locked that up. We knew Dell was interested in him for a while, you know, that that apparently they had a trade already worked out for him that had fallen apart um, before the boogie trade. So I just think he was always set to get a good, long, hard look and a chance to you know, prove himself in New Orleans. So I think there's no chance that he doesn't uh, stick around unless he would look absolutely terrible. But we've always seen from him in the offseason, him getting into shape is enough to warrant keeping him around because that was a knock on him that he didn't have a work ethic, um, that he wasn't mature. Um, but he's he's now, you know, putting in work, seems to have changed his personality a little bit. Um, so you know, he always had the potential to be something. Um, so I, I think once you saw that, there's uh, no chance that he doesn't make it onto the, especially because his contract is so small. I mean, it's it's worth keeping him around to, to give a try. It would take something really extremely bad to go wrong with him to be uh, released, I think. David, uh, letting Emeka Okafor go, you're putting a lot of trust into into Jaleel. Not only that he can perform, but that he can stay healthy. Healthy, And you've still got Czech Diallo, who kind of floats between center and power forward. I think he's a bit more effective at power forward. And you've still got Alexis Agensa on the roster, uh, keeping the bench warm. Do you think there's any possibility that Agensa could fight Okafor for any minutes at all? Do you think the Pelicans wave and stretch him? Or do you think he's just going to be with them throughout the, uh, I, I guess, the the duration of the season. Yeah. If you're going to, if the Pelicans are going to use the weight of the, the stretch provision, you certainly wouldn't do it on a guy with that low of a salary. I mean, I think you try to correct a bigger mistake um, than that uh, with the stretch. So I think, you know, Agensa is his best value is as an expiring contract. I don't think he'll ever see the court again 
uh, for the Pelicans. I mean, maybe as a test before somebody, you know, somebody just wants to see he's healthy and they throw him out there and look, he can run. Um, but I think that they, they feel like the, the rim protection that they, they got out of Okafor, they can replace with the energy that Randall provides. And the defense that they saw out of, of Miritich was better than they expected. So, again, I feel like they, the front court defense is – they feel very uh, confident in that with Anthony Davis, Julius Randle, and Miritich. And then what you're trying to get out of Okafor is that hopefully under uh, this system he can learn to defend. And he, he already is ahead of Oka, uh, uh, Mecca Okafor offensively. We know that. We know he's got the soft hands around the basket. And like I said, him getting in shape – him establishing a relationship with Anthony Davis, that uh, feeling that uh, Dell Demps really, really has, has had an eye on him for a long time. Um, I think it just became uh, much more apparent that, that, that Mecca was expendable. And then I think when you added Jared Jack, um, as we discussed, I think that was the balance. They weren't going to let one veteran go without bringing another in. And Jack is that veteran um, presence. He's familiar, again, a guy who's familiar with New Orleans, and the way that uh, Dell does things, he's a guy who's liked around the league. And then uh, just the consistency that he's shown, even when he's not having his best seasons and running an offense, um, he, he's a veteran voice in a, in a locker room full of guys who, outside of him, there's only one other guy with 10, 10 years of experience in the league. It's a, re- a, a locker room full of younger players. So I think they wanted to maintain some sort of uh, a veteran balance in the locker room of guys who can speak with some authority to the younger players. And, and, and I think a Mecca just became expendable in that equation. All right. Let's, let's dive into Jerry Jack uh, just recently signed. The Pelicans have been searching for a, a washed up old veteran point guard all summer. And they finally found one in 34 year old, 13 year veteran and former Pelican playoff savior, uh, Jerry Jack. Of course, the Pelicans were linked to Mario Chalmers, Ty Lawson, Dennis Schroeder, Isaiah Thomas, Tyreek Evans, uh, he played only two games in 2016-17, both for the Pelicans, but he did start 56 games for the Knicks in 17-18 last season, which is a bit shocking to me since they also carried Emmanuel Moutier in a trade, Frank Natilakina and Trey Burke. He averaged 7.5 points, 6 assists on 43 and 29% shooting in 25 minutes per game. Ali, what do you expect from Jared Jack in the regular season? Do you think he cracks that 15-man squad? And do you think he plays? I do think he cracks that squad. As, as I kind of mentioned in that piece I put up where the Pelicans, where the news broke that they signed him, I kind of alluded to the fact that I, I like him. And I've liked for the Pelicans to use one of those uh, remaining three bench spots on one. Obviously, has always been Julio Okafor. Number two, for me, has always been another ball handler, another veteran ball handler that the Pelicans desperately need. We saw it all through last season, guys, where, you know, in the first week they had to go out and grab Jameer Nelson. And then um, when Rondo came back, you kind of saw how everybody's game kind of improved, especially once Rondo was kind of given the keys after Cousins, you know, went down. So I feel like just this team needs to have that just in case, you know, just in case Alfred Payton doesn't work work out, just in case maybe there's an injury to Drew or Alfred, you need to have somebody else that you can rely on because you're you're not going to be running and gunning if there's nobody that, you know, that you can trust to push the issue because not everybody's going to, be able to like step right in, make up for the loss of any core key ball handling guy. And uh, where we're going to basically all of a sudden look like the Denver Nuggets out there. Just don't see it because we didn't see it last year. So I would love for Jared Jack to be signed on this squad just simply because for that insurance purposes, as for him playing Preston, I, you know, I don't think that it would be too common. I honestly think he might 
kind of have that Tony Allen type of role where it's more matchup based, where it's more, okay, he'll play a lot more this week. When I say a lot more, maybe 15 minutes a game. And then other weeks, you'll barely see him, if at all. Uh, that's, of course, if the, uh, the roster remains healthy. But again, I feel like the Pelicans need that insurance. We saw it all too often last year, how they broke down where they didn't have that guy to rely on. And I'm not saying that would happen this year, but again, you've just got to think of everything that could happen. And, you know, it seems to happen more often than not, all those negative stuff, the injuries, the voodoo hexes, you name it. So I feel better with Jared Jack making the squad. All right, Kevin, with Peyton Jackson, Jack, Drew Clark, as well as Moore, Hill, Miller, Randall, Nico, Diallo, A.D., Okafor, and Agensa. I think that puts the Pelicans at 14 guaranteed contracts. How do you feel about those four? Well, not guaranteed, I should say, but 14 roster spots with just one being left open for Dell to wheel and deal in the regular season. How are you feeling with that 14-man squad heading into the regular season? I mean, I feel good. I felt good. I felt this offseason was uh, a very good offseason for the Pelicans, you know adding Randall to that core that we had in the playoffs last season, replacing Rondo with Alfred Payton, um, all of those moves I'm fine with. Um, I'm glad that we were able to get another veteran uh, with some leadership, and it's good that it's in the backcourt where you have a little bit more question marks because, you know, you already have good, solid players like Anthony Davis, Nikola Miritich, and Julius Randall just to help shape Jaleel Ogafor and check the aloe where now you need another, you need a, you know, a playmaking guard to help with the, with the backcourt situation with Frank Jackson and Alfred Payton. Um, so I'm happy that worked out that way. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm really excited about this coming season and I, I really like the team that we put together. I think it should be a really fun, fun team. And uh, I think we're going to be very successful if they stay healthy. Grub, you're a Knicks fan. You had a nice piece on Jarrett Jack yesterday. Uh, do you want to dive deeper into the level of impact you think he'll have with the Pelicans or just with his overall roster as it sits as a whole right now? Yeah, I think the, the thing you have to remember about Jack, and, and, and Ollie talked about it a little bit earlier, was just he did such an, uh, an effective job of running their offense. You know, he didn't, again, you look at seven points and five assists, and that, those aren't numbers that pop off the, the uh, page for you. But when you look at the efficiency of the Knicks offense, you look at uh, what the way that they, sh- they shot the ball better when he was on the floor. They turned it over less. They were just a better offense. They rebounded better when he was on the floor. Now, he's not a great defender, but, I mean, at, at his age, who is? You know, he, he's, he's on the downside of his career, and he's not going to be a great defender. But in limited minutes, and like Ali said, in those matchups where there are going to be nights where the Pelicans are not going to be able to run as much as they'd like. There are going to be teams that are going to be able to slow them down. There are going to be stretches when they're just not, you know, moving the ball well. And you're going to need somebody to calm that down. And maybe for those 5 to 10 or 15 minutes, depending on the matchup, he can come in and do that. But you're not expecting him to come in and be a savior. But every team, I think, should have a veteran in the backcourt who sees things, who's done things. And that's where Jack is. He's a guy who's been through every type of situation you can possibly be as a player. And um, I think that that's an important thing in this locker room that's still, you know, we're talking about possibly – nine or ten different guys on the roster than there were from the beginning of last year and the fourth consecutive year that Dell did I mean that Alvin Gentry is going to go in with a different starting lineup the great thing about that is that each year Alvin's had a better record so like Kevin I mean I I think that the offseason was one of was a very good one um and bringing Jack to me if he can contribute and again a lot of these like you said there are a lot of question marks about this team 
worst case scenario and best case scenario. But I think bringing Jack in at this stage of, of, of where they want to be, I think can be a very good influence for this team. All right, good stuff, you guys. Also on the roster, as it currently stands, Trevon Blewett with the two-way contract, Darius Morris, Troy, and Kenrich Williams, as well as Garland Green. Uh, there is still one spot available for the training camp uh, roster to fill out should they choose to. Or actually, I guess Jarrett Jack just took the spot of Emeka Okafor, so that should be all 20. Uh, Ali, does that sound right to you? Yes. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we just corrected myself. Let's go ahead and wrap up. That's it for now, you guys. Uh, I'm on my way out of town. I'm going to Vancouver. Yay for me. So if you guys, if you would like a media recap podcast, you're going to have to pry it out of Ollie, David, and Kevin. So fill up their inbox, stalk them at work, creepily stare from the bleachers at the local high school football games until David, Kevin, and Ollie agree to do it and send it to me. Otherwise, our next podcast, I guess, will be wrapping up the Pelicans' very first exhibition game, and we're going to have some real basketball, you guys. Ali, I know that you and Kevin are hitting up Media Day. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners in advance of uh, September 25th's big event? Well, I'm going to finally post my Drew Holiday uh, article I've been meaning to from the uh, uh, interview I had with Mike G. But more importantly, I just want to wish well for David's uh, doctor's appointment tomorrow, you know? I know he's a little bit nervous with uh, possibly facing surgery or whatnot with his knee, but hoping for good news. Yeah, definitely. David. Yeah, David, uh, same thing to you. Uh, We also wish you the best, man. Um, Hopefully it's, it's, it doesn't require surgery, but if it does, hopefully it goes well and you come back better than ever. Uh, You had a nice article on Jared Jack. I know you, you frequent the high school football games. Anything else you want to tell our listeners? Um, you know, obviously I'll be hitting LSU uh, this Saturday as they take on Louisiana Tech, top six team in the country now. And then, um, you know, I'm really just looking forward to getting back to basketball season. You know, this is my favorite time of the year. Um, and I'm really interested to talk to Alvin Gentry about this, this, you know, these lineups, the fact that he has adjusted so well. I think it's an un, um, an undersold story in the league. I don't think anybody's dealt with as much change and gotten as much out of their team as he has over the last four years. All right, and finally wrapping it up for us, Kevin, uh, you got a new house. So happy for you, man. Congratulations. Do you feel like an adult now? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's had houses before, Preston. <laughs> I've, I've had houses before. <laughs> I still didn't grow up. Um, nice. But uh, if you're asking what I'm working on, I'll definitely have like sort of a recap of my day at media day it'll come later because i have to go straight from media day to work and then there's another big piece i'm working on right now but um it's going to take me a little while uh but i'm hoping maybe in the next two weeks i'll have a very big uh piece coming out that will probably end up breaking up but um that that i don't even really want to talk about it too much but it's coming all right, awesome. Thank you guys so much for your time. Again, you can follow them at Kevin B for Bounce, at DM Grub, at Ali Cosell. Of course, at The Bird Rights is where we are stationed. David is at Crescent City Sports. I'm Preston Ellis. For now, you guys stick with us on The Bird Rights. We're going to keep churning out content. And the, the regular season is pretty much here, you guys. So let's get excited and let's go, pals. for listening to the bird calls on the off the glass nothing but net and five by five podcast networks if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today the starlight lounge presents an evening with the progressive box yeah 
That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance.